from the Who Do You Like Here studio. I'm Joey Stats. We got the kid. We've got Sino back with another week of yapping and capping, and we've got a special guest for you this week. Good evening, gents. How are we doing? What's happening, Stats? What's going on? Just another day trying to get over trial withdrawals. Verdict's in. Fun's over. Yeah. Congratulations, Johnny Depp. Interestingly, productivity skyrocketed at the workplace. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. We got a loaded rocket docket tonight. Thank you to all listeners and subscribers. We saw an uptick again in downloads and subscriptions and five-star reviews. Really nice to be rated on two different lists in the top 10 on planet Earth. So thank you for all that. Thank you for the purchase on Fantac. Check them out. We're back. Another week. Special guest. Um, we're going to talk with the one and only Trevor McCarthy this evening. Yeah. And then we're going to Belmont. Yeah. Might as well stick with Belmont. Yeah. Might as well. Got our dicks knocked in last week. Might as well. Yeah, last <laughs> Dude, last week was horrible for me. That was pretty bad. Fours and five. You did pretty good. I had, fours. I had a couple of verticals, but the horizontals really kicked me right in the nads. It was that first race. I keyed that five, and I built three or four of them with the two in there. Highly motivated. Try to beat it. Well, and I showed you guys the tickets. I, I, I built I built the two tickets. I had them keyed in one, and I spread against them in the other. I mean, I had very <laughs> small combination tickets. I just missed that first leg. Yeah. yeah. I did oh, it's saying Anita that I got that I got killed. Yeah, that pick six, <laughs> four out of oh. five, or five five out of six. Yeah, you're five out of six. Yeah. And so we were we were debating all morning because we we go back to the old debate of, well, which is worse, kicked in the first, or kicked in the last, and I got kicked in the first, and he got kicked in the last. I was like, dude, we can't talk like this day. We, <laughs> <laughs> we mushed ourselves. I still think I'd rather lose in the first leg. I don't know. At least even if if I'm gonna build an expensive ticket, right. I at least want to sweat out of you it. You want some I, sweat. I don't. I, I I want to if I don't want to make it to the end and see the payouts of what I could have won. That happened twice on Monday. Yeah, like it <laughs> once happened, we were golfing. It happened, it happened today. Oh, oh that's right. Oh, was Santa yeah. Monday. That's right. Yeah. yeah, he got his ass kicked at Churchill. Churchill. Four out of five four lost five, last yeah. leg. Yeah, and right. then Santa Anita mandatory pick five six. six. And you five almost got six. your ass kicked by some dude that you put a chili pepper up his head. <laughs> 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 well, that was their fault and kind of my fault. But. I mean, you didn't Josh Allen him, right? Um, you saw that shit last night. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't watch. I didn't watch the match. No. <laughs> Dude, rifle went off some dude's dome. Really? <laughs> it went on the green, right? <laughs> I don't know where it went, but that thing sounded like <laughs> his head off the golf ball sounded like you ever tee off with a Louisville slugger. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, it was a good one. He's like, oh, they got me. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't a Josh Allen? No, no uh, but it could have been. Just the the part three, part three, he crushed it, went over. It wasn't even like I crushed it. I pushed a, I pushed a nine iron on a par three, and it hit up on the hill. The guy supposedly says I, I hit his kid, which I don't think. But not at the time. Two holes later, yeah. he came back to say. Then two, hole, uh, two holes later, we we're on a par four. The, these guys, number one, to preface it, we're playing from the women's tees, hitting about 50 yards in front of them, finding every bunker, looking for every lost ball, wasting everybody's time. They're trying to get their money's worth. Yeah, right they there. really, and they did get their oh, money's they worth. And then, the, like, the cherry on top is that the group in front of them was already on the next hole mm-hmm. and already, like, hitting into the green by the time they're even getting up to the mm-hmm. tee box. So they had plenty of time in between, but they're professional golfers, so they take their time, you Got know? It. So everybody teed off. Well, three of us teed off. Uh, I hadn't I, teed off yet. Yeah, you didn't, but Nick didn't. I believe Tony did. Correct. Yep. They were already uh, off. They teed off, and then I was going to tee off next, and I did tee off. These guys were past the 150 marker. Well, little did I know, I had a 375-yard bomb that was going to fly mm. over their heads 
30 yards short of green. It, it was hard to see the ball, too, like yeah. after it was coming down. So I'm like, I think it landed by their feet. Then this guy comes cruising back <laughs> he's in turned, the cart. And I'm he like, turned oh, around dude. with his arms up, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's yeah, he's coming back. Him. And then next thing you know, he's in the cart, and he swings it around. I'm like, oh, he's coming back to talk <clears> yeah. to us. I basically just came out and be like, oh, it's a holiday round, guys. It's a holiday round. What I'm are you like, pushing us? It's a holiday round. Did you give him the... I'm a good shot. What do you want? <laughs> no, no. I said that after. I'm a good yeah. shot. What do you want? What but you in want? all honesty, I thought I landed by their feet. And I'm like, well, you guys are slow playing to begin with. You got a hole, a complete hole open in front of you. Uh, there's plenty of time for you guys to pick up the pace. And they did after that. Like yeah, after, the after instance, that, those guys like hauled ass. <laughs> yeah. They just burned through the rest yeah. of the last <clears> six holes. I have day. no fire. I have no problem firing misses at you the rest of the day. I don't care. It it was like, it wasn't intentional. I I, I didn't no. mean to, I, I didn't know. And I was the wind was hit behind that. us. Yeah. It was really, it windy. was, it was actually in like, it was coming from right to left. It really wasn't behind us. Okay. Like, that guy's just a fucking chooch. Okay. <laughs> but he comes up and acting all tough because it's fucking All right, Daly, you got a hold of one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It's not that big of a deal though. Fucking play better. And don't and number one, why are you on that course? Yeah, I that, go to go to uh, the of all course. courses that you could play at. Which hole was it? Uh this was This was on four, the back nine. Fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. Elevated T box in fourteen? Uh no, it's the one before okay. I believe. Were you greased up? It's somewhat elevated. It's Were you greased no, up? No, I wasn't. I was no. chapstick up on that. <laughs> no, 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 dude. That was just a monster. So after, monster the, after the guy the funny leaves, thing, the after funny the guy leaves, too, he said he's like, "I'm not denying it wasn't a bomb." Yeah, but I'm saying it's a bomb. I'm just trying to good. keep people. Yeah, you guys are good. Uh, little do you know, we still only parred that hole. Yeah. So <laughs> as we're driving up, I'm like, "That was kind of a dick move." or all kind of you know pissed off or whatever. And now we're looking for the ball, like yeah. where they were. So I'm looking before, and I'm like, "Dude, now where's your ball? Did they pick it up? Do we keep driving?" And all of a sudden, it's like. 20 feet before the fringe. <laughs> so it flew the over monster. them and landed. I'm like, holy shit, that was a drag. Yeah. Now I do feel bad. I was like, ah, I feel I'm, a little bad now. I'm pretty sure they threw it. Nah. Nah. <laughs> no. No, he didn't do that. Yeah, it was I, an amazing shot. It. Good for you guys. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, but yeah, track was a little, uh, a little painful. Yeah. A little painful. Yeah. Did not enjoy... Four out of five. I mean, we, five we, we're six. in agreement. Four to five and five to six. I ran that for a good six fucking months, yeah. right? N- yeah. None of it's fun. It's never a good time either way. Mm-hmm. But at least if I get kicked in the last leg, I got something for my money. I guess, yeah, you get a sweat, but then it, how depressing is it when your horse finishes second? Well, it's the same pain for me if I key or if I go two in the first leg and they come in second and third and yeah. then I run the card. It, to me, it's the same pain. In the first one, usually if I play a bunch of pick five, pick sixes on a Saturday or Sunday, yeah, I got stuff I'm doing that, I, that this, this is going to help me distract. I'm cleaning yeah. the fucking garage or something, right? So it's like, let, all right, I'm going to be able to enjoy this. Let me ask day. you this. Let me, because I think this yeah. is, a big, is a big difference. Uh, you play a pick five mm-hmm. and uh, you hit the first leg. Are you playing any other exotics or anything else during the second, third, fourth? If you win the second, the third, like, are you playing anything else, or are you just watching that ticket? Well, I have a complete problem. So I know I, you I do. Try that's why not, I'm I try not to. Okay, that's the difference, is that he'll keep playing, and he'll play other tracks, and he's playing other wagers. So he'd rather be out and then focus on the next one. He doesn't He doesn't pay attention. He'll go back and say, okay, I got two going. I got two in a row. And then he's at another track, and, like, he's got the fucking problem. <laughs> I mean, I'll ask you. I guess, yeah. Winning is a problem, I <laughs> guess. Yeah. Do you want to go play uh, Huffman? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Can we bring I guess, I guess winning bets is, is a pretty big problem here nowadays. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's move on. Follow me on Twitter. You'll know what I'm talking about. Such <laughs> you guys are funny. Stupid. Anyways, lots going on. We got a guest coming up. We're going to go to Belmont uh, for the late pick five. And then next week, we've got last leg of the Triple Crown. Yeah, Belmont Stakes Day. Oh, Belmont. We'll do probably the late pick five in that little gem, too. Most likely. We'll take a look at the card. We'll see. But no more. I don't want to talk to you guys anymore. We got a special guest coming in. Joe, let's bring him on, huh? 
All right, now on the podcast with us, newly grade one winner, new father, new husband, new everything, lots of new things going on here. Uh, Trevor McCarthy, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Glad we could finally uh, work the scheduling out. That was a little ba- back and forth there for a little bit. Yeah, that's all right. We finally got it got together, which is good. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, how are you feeling? It was good to see you come back uh, last week, so I want to check in with you health-wise. How you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling really good. Um, you know, I kind of screwed up my back there when I took a spill coming out of the gate on Friday last week. You know, I kind of took a couple of days to rebound and, you know, did some chiropractic work and just took it easy for a few days. And I was able to kind of get back and was off to a good start. My first mount back, I ended up winning. So yeah, um, that was that was a good kickback. Yeah, that's always nice to come back. Just don't miss a beat. <laughs> yeah, it was really disappointing. You know, we lost three winners. Friday, we only got through half the card and we lost the winner on Friday and then uh, nothing Saturday, but two winners on Sunday. So that was kind of a bummer. But, you know, it was nice to be able to rebound and, and get the win right off the bat. Absolutely. Yeah, no kidding. And I, I've said it before. I tweeted out. Oh, it's like jockeys. You guys are like some of the toughest athletes around. Like everybody's going to have their own opinion. But like you guys to come out there, number one, to take a spill like that and then come back the following week and then come out and win your first race back is like, that's pretty impressive that you guys go through that and then can hop right back on and, and do what you do. Yeah, we are. We are tough. I think we're mentally a little uh, crazy as well, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I just think, you know, we just have so much passion for it and we can't wait to get back out there and, you know, get back riding and, you know, it's hard to sit on the sidelines. That's for sure. Definitely. Well, we're glad to have you back, and it's nice to see you starting uh, keeping your winning ways up, obviously. Um, Before we go any further, obviously, we want to congratulate you on becoming a father. I mean, parenthood's a huge step, and um, when we heard the news over Twitter and everything that you guys were expecting, and then actually having the baby, is it's great. So how's the family doing, and how is parenthood treating you? Yeah, family's doing really well. Um, Riley's doing great. She's growing like a weed. Um, (laughs) Yeah. She just seems to be getting brighter and happier by the day. And um, same thing with her mother. You know, she's doing really well. She's still getting on horses at Belmont. Nice. And um, she gets on in the morning when she can and uh, works for Ray Handel. And, you know, that seems to make her happy, too. So a uh, happy wife, happy child, and happy husband. So happy life, for sure. Seems like you got to have that balance, you know, as you mentioned, how excited you are and and what you do, getting up and what you do every day, uh, it's got to be the same for her. I'm sure she misses just as much of the action, uh, you know, as, as you do when you're on the sideline. Absolutely. I mean, you know, she's, you know, very passionate about the game and she's surrounded by it through her family uh, on both ends, my end and hers. Um, it's a lot to take a step back, but she loves being a mother and she still do does miss ri- race riding, but she gets to, you know, take the edge off in the morning, which is nice. That is nice. That is good. Is she, uh, is she planning on making a comeback at some point or is that kind of to be determined still? Yeah, I think that's to be determined. You know, she definitely has her days where she wants to and other days to where, you know, she maybe doesn't want to. So, um, (laughs) you know, it's, it's all about, you know, she knows it's, it's tough here in New York and that's where we're based at the moment. So, you know, she'll, she'll figure it out, but you know, whatever she wants to do, I'll support her. For sure. And it, it's also, too, a, a big congratula- congratulations to you guys. Um, you guys changed the racing world a little bit here. And um, with the coupled entries was kind of some big news that broke a while ago. But you guys uh, shaped the game for the better, I think. And yeah, Changing rules. It's like awesome. It. So uh, congratulations on that front as well. You know, the coupled entries in New York was kind of a pretty yeah. crazy rule. 
Yeah, you know, it was nice. You know, Katie was really the bottom end of that. At first, I was kind of real shaky about going in and really pushing something like that. And, yep. you know, for most people, they would probably just sit back and try to go around it some way. And Katie was very hard-headed, which is good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she went in there and she stuck it to it. And, you know, it was one thing that she was really determined to change. And, look, she got it changed. and. You know, now she's kind of debating whether she wants to come back or not. And, you know, she's proud of herself to where anybody else, you know, going forward uh, in the future, if the, you know, they won't have the same problem as we did. And, and look, it was a bit of a rough winter for her mostly than I, you know, it's, it was great. You know, I'm, I'm proud of her. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great feat. And like you just said, I mean, you guys shaped the game for the better and stubborn or not. I mean, that was the right thing to do. And, yeah. What's right. You know, is right. Definitely. Uh, we're, we were excited for you guys. Cause that was, that was great news to see. So congrats. Thank on that. you. <laughs> you know, speaking of family, your father, you know, I, I watched his entire career, uh, grew up watching him, him race. I think it was documented too, that, uh, uh, you were more excited about him going to the track in the mornings than, uh, than he was sometimes getting him up at three o'clock and, uh, Tell him, let's go to the track. So talk a little bit about what it was like in the McCarthy home growing up. Yeah, from day one, you know, I, I just followed his footsteps. I just wanted to do whatever he did. And I fell in love with the horses. I fell in love with the racetrack atmosphere and uh, the riding, of course. And I mean, it was just years and years and years that, you know, I all I wanted to do was horses and, and be on the racetrack and, you know, learn the ropes of uh, becoming a rider and, and a jockey one day. And, you know, I always had my mind set to that. And, you know, my mother would always say, you got to go to college, you got to go to college. And, you know, I I wasn't really leaning towards that way at, at that time. And when I was a kid, people used to say, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I used to look at my mom and she'd be like, you can tell him, you can tell him, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a jockey. Yeah, I'm going to be a jockey, you know, but she was so uh, keen on me to go to college at such a young age. And, once I got into high school, she realized like there's no convincing this kid to go to college. Like <laughs> he's going to do anything possible to be a jockey. And, you know, during that time of high school, you know, I wasn't your typical high school kid where, you know, Friday, Saturday nights, I was out and looking to party and um, hang out with friends and stuff like that. I was um, getting ready to go to the racetrack and every day off we had, I was on the track. I was galloping at Fair Hill and, or, you know, doing something even with my father when he was training. Every every chance I had a day off of school, I was I was at the track, at the track. Just couldn't wait to be there. So, you know, just being at that young age and just learning so much from my father about horses and riding. It was just, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without him. It, it's hard to ask any kid what he wants to do when he's 15, 16, 17 years old for the rest of his life. And to know that you had that passion at that age, you already knew, I mean, you know, five, six years old, what you wanted to do. That's, that's pretty remarkable too. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I just, I never saw any other direction. Here's, here's what I want to do and I'm going to go get it. And, you know, like I, well, I said before in high school, you know, it was just like, I was getting tired of high school, like just waiting and waiting and waiting, you know, and I'm like, man, here I am, I'm 16, I'm in high school and I know I'm not going to do anything with this education. And, but I still had to get good grades, you know, for my mom to let me ride. <laughs> and, uh, and still keep going to the to the track on the weekends. So I had to get good grades. But, um, you know, but I skipped lunch. I never let myself get over 110 pounds in high school. And I was just so keen on being a rider. And, you know, I was just, that's all I wanted to do. You know, so I just, you know, I put all the work ethic and kind of 
even my first year as an apprentice, I kind of blocked out all my friends and did whatever it took to uh, succeed. Pays off. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy too, right? Because when you're an apprentice and you, you enter the game, right? And you're, you're kind of new to the game, but you, it's such a, an adult world you have to enter, right? Because you have to get the business and you have to be so professional. And it's like, can you talk a little bit about that kind of just coming up into that world, like as an apprentice and then now being to the point where you're at, like, how's that process change for you? Or is it kind of similar? Or is it just kind of? No, it, it, it was a big change going from high school to grown up world. I mean, you're riding with 40, 50 year old guys. <laughs> yeah. And here you are, you're 18, you just graduated high school in the spring. And now it's fall time. And you know, I was I was very naive. I was very wet behind the ears. And, you know, I walked into a jock gym and here, you know, I start doing good. And in, in Maryland, I think my first uh, my first winner meet, I was second leading rider and I just got beat like two wins. And, you know, here I come, you know, come in and I got these guys, they're throwing all these punches at me. And, <laughs> and I couldn't believe that, you know, and I'm like, man, these guys, you know, they're they're tough. And my dad's like, you know, nobody wants to see anybody do good, you know, especially a new guy that came in. And, and I, I didn't understand that, you know, and I thought I had friends at that time and uh, with other jockeys. And, you know, it kind of took me a couple of years to figure out who my friends really were mm -hmm. in this game and kind of, you know, how much dedication I needed to put into the game and kind of figure out the ropes a little bit of a happy medium. I think, you know, just the first few years, I rode, I was just so all about riding, 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 and um, that I never had an outside life, you know. I was so passionate and so uh, dedicated to the game that I really didn't have an outside life. And then when I got hurt in uh, 2017, I was out for six months all summer, and uh, I just turned 21. And I said to myself, man, this is what the outside world is, you know. <laughs> I kind of realized, like, man... You know, I, I, I figured out there's a whole different world, you know, and it, it kind of came down to the point where I was like, man, I love riding and I love winning. But, you know, the day and the day and night riding and riding seven days a week and going three weeks straight without day off. And it was great. I loved it, you know, but then it just took a toll on me. And then I kind of just matured and said, man, you know, I kind of want to settle down. You know, but it was so hard for me to settle down at the same time because, you know, I was so passionate and always wanting to keep improving from the year before. But it was hard to improve from the year before because I was killing myself to keep going, right. you know. And, but it was nice. You know, I kind of <clears throat> was able to take a step back and find more quality horses than quantity. And it kind of got me to the point where I am now. You kind of sacrifice all that time early on. And then, you know, you get a little taste of that uh, time off and, and actually, you know, life. Uh, as you turn 21, which is still pretty young. You, you almost you know. realize that's just as important, right? That yeah, time away balance. as it is time on the track, you know, that internal fight. You want to do it as much as you can, but you know that. What are you doing it for? Get, right? Yeah, you got to yeah. take a step back and <laughs> recuperate and, and get yourself ready for, you know, the, the continuous ride that you're going to be doing throughout your career. Right, right. And that, and that's what it came down to the point it was in the beginning. I think I kind of burned myself out exactly. a little bit at one time. Yeah. And um, I always thought, you know, looking back that my injuries happened for a reason and where it gave me breaks, you mm -hmm. know, to kind of come back and, and enjoy life a little bit because I was just always so on the go, go, go. Let me ask you something. I know your 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 dad was really tall. I think he was like five ten. Are you you're like five five nine and a half? 
He's five nine and a half. I'm five nine. You're five nine. Okay. So you tell me you didn't walk in that jock's room and people weren't like, <laughs> oh, towering over them and just kind of, you know, impeding your will against them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure, you know, a little bit. Yeah, you don't let but, me you know, push you around. You're five nine. <laughs> yeah, but you got to remember, I'm tall and skinny and lanky, and these guys are short, and solid. <laughs> so I got the reach on them, but they got the muscle. <laughs> We've seen a few in action from the Naira uh, without getting into details. We've, we've seen a, f- yeah. through a few of them out there. Yeah, a couple one-two yeah, punches. Been pl- yeah. Plenty, yeah, plenty of Twitter videos. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, with with just being so tall, too, right? Is that, um, I don't want to say a disadvantage or, you know, is it, how do I say that? I, I think it almost looks, okay, taller. from the sidelines, it looks advantageous when you're working the horse yeah. in the stretch. And you're driving and showing the whip. It almost seems like it's more advantageous to be lankier and and longer. But I don't know if that's a disadvantage to where you're more just powerful and, and shorter. And I don't know. I guess that's why we're asking. Yeah, ask us. You know, if I had to, if I had to choose, of of course, I would love to be smaller. You know, sure. just because uh, on a weight standpoint, right. I think I'm a lot more disciplined than a lot of other guys, and it's kind of frustrating. You know, a couple of these guys they come in and. You know, they're walking in with a Sprite and a cheeseburger and <laughs> eating garbage plates in know. the jock room. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they don't warm up. They don't stretch. You know, their their body takes no toll. You know, yeah. they can fuel yeah. their body however they want to. Those and bastards. Yeah. So to me, it's like I would have definitely, you know, I don't know if it's an advantage, but, you know, I definitely would have would have loved to be smaller. But uh, I think at the same time, like pros for me, it's like I, I wouldn't be where I'm at either if it wasn't for me being tall as well, because, you know, I, maybe I wouldn't be as hungry um, to win or sure. maybe I would be a different rider. Or maybe it would be too easy and I would just be like, you know, oh, I don't need this. You know, I, you know, where, where now is I, I work out, I stretch, you know, eat healthy and, you know, drink lots of water and you know, I really pay attention to that, to where I treat my body as an athlete should be treated. For sure. Um, where some guys, you know, they're snacking on chips throughout the day and, <laughs> like I said, drinking soda and Red Bull. It's like, wow. man, yeah, I just... The life me, over it, there. And it, yeah, it's just like, man, I, I, I just wish I could be shorter and with my discipline and being shorter, who knows how good I could be, you yeah. know, maybe I could be a little bit better. I think you're doing just fine. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, <laughs> I don't change anything. You're doing great. We love to see it. Now, you mentioned, too, obviously, you said, you know, you saw who your friends were early on in your career after you see, like, okay, this is a business. Nobody really wants to see you succeed. But there are definitely people, I think, that you have around you, especially being in such a strong New York colony, that um, you've got some people out there. And one of them in specific, obviously, your brother-in-law, Dylan Davis. Um, what's that relationship between you two? You know, what's that like? You guys riding in the same circuit? And obviously, there's some competitiveness there. And he's the brother-in-law, so there's a little Gotta bit of family stuff talking. there. So uh, what's that like for you? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough. You know, we're, we're very good outside the track and, uh, you know, inside the track, it's just, it's tough. You know, we, we treat each other like, uh, you know, we're not brother-in-laws at all. You know, I'm out there trying to win. He's out there trying to win. And, you know, sometimes our agents even get frustrated at us (laughs) because, uh, you know, we're out there taking (laughs) shots at each other. But, um, I think that, you know, at the same time, that's, that's the best way to do it, you know, to kind of you know, go out there, ride, give it a hundred percent and treat him as I would any other rider in the jocks room. And, 
And, uh, you know, when we go home and, you know, I was over his house last night for a barbecue and, you know, we just kind of kick back and, and relax and try not to talk too much horse racing, sure. you know, but, um, it's definitely, it was definitely tough in the beginning, <laughs> you know, because I was kind of new to the family and here Dylan was, you know, and I kind of came in and now his dad's rooting for the both of us. And, <laughs> you know, we're, we're battling a leading rider this winter and, you know, but it, but it was good. Uh, you know, I'm very proud of Dylan. He's, he's come back, he's doing awesome. And, you know, see him succeed is, is great. I'm, I'm more than happy for him. He's yeah. doing really yeah, well. Because I mean, you guys are both are, I mean, you guys are both doing really, really well. And, um, I'm sure that your, your agents having that, their relationship there as well. I'm sure they're pretty happy with, uh, yeah. how things have been going for you guys, but, uh, any ever, yeah, it's great. <laughs> any, uh, trash talk ever, you know, occasionally between you and Dylan, just friendly trash talk, no, nothing crazy. You know, Thanksgiving but, dinner sometime yeah, or something. No, nothing, yeah. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, I just throw a little jab or two. His brother, Eddie, <laughs> He likes to throw in, uh, he likes to stir up the pot when, uh, when we're sitting down at dinner. I love it. And, uh, you know, we got to kind of grab him by the throat, but (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Eddie, all right, we get it. You know, let's just eat. Damn cousin Eddie. (laughs) Just just stirring the pot, just waiting for some action at the table. Yeah, exactly. Just waiting for something. Uh, just right. I just keep thinking of cousin Eddie from the, uh, the vacation movies. The instigator. Oh, right. The instigator. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, you're back on the East Coast. Uh, you spent some time in Southern California. Tell us about the major difference between riding in New York compared to California. I know, obviously, uh, you know, from what we see just as uh, fans, you're talking field size differences, uh, even jockey colony differences. I think Naira is very competitive, and I, I think California is competitive. I, I would say Naira is definitely it's a lot of established. A lot of established. Out in California already. Correct. Yeah. So just give me a little uh, comparison between the two. California is more of a speed. They have more of that quarter horse mentality. You know, here in New York, it just seems like you can maybe ride a better race and more have a chance. The track is just so biased out there to speed in California. Mm-hmm. And everybody has the same mentality. They kind of train for speed. So it's hard. You know, those those horses that get on the lead, you know, they keep going. And, you know, it took me a little while to kind of figure that out when I was first there. It was like, you know, you ride a 16 claimer here. In New York, and if they go twenty three forty six the first, you know, half mile, you know, they're going to come back to you most of the time. Yeah. And out there in California, they never really stopped, which to <laughs> me just blew my mind. Yeah. You know, because here in in the East Coast, it was just like that. That's a given. You know, right. they're definitely going to come back most of the time. And uh, so that was frustrating for me at first to kind of get used to. Um, but it taught me to kind of get horses out of the gate, get horses in position. But I never felt like I felt like I was always kind of, you know, using my horse early and not letting my horses finish like I was used to here on the East Coast and kind of never giving my horses a true breather. You know, here in New York, it's great. Uh, The jockey colony here is is extraordinary. I mean, it's got to be the tough, toughest colony in the United States. And, you know, to ride with these guys and keep learning day in and day out. It's it's a blessing. You know, I, I love it. Um, everybody rides a great race and everybody's super patient. And, you know, that last quarter of a mile, it's a horse race at the end, um, which I love and, um, you know, not taking anything away from California. I just think it's just two different styles and, uh, they're, they're a great jockey colony out there as well. There's some great hall of famers there and, Mm -hmm. and some good up, up and coming hall of famers as well. You know, look here in, in, uh, New York, it's, it's, it's tough. 
Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, that's the one thing with California. It's like exactly like you said, sometimes you see a horse go out there and wheel and then you're like, yeah, for sure this horse is going to fade and they just hold on the whole way. And you're like, how is that even possible? Yeah. When I go watch Belmont or Saratoga, I see a horse go out to the front and run a 21 or, you know, a quick 22. They, they don't hold on most of the time. Most of the time they're fading back to the end. Yeah, of the you just start looking at the middle of the pack because you know it's not going to last. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, he's going to fade. It is pretty yeah, exactly. crazy. So obviously you went out to California and then you came back to New York. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's when you and Joe kind of teamed up as when you came back, correct? Yeah, exactly. I was in Del Mar and um, I kind of told my brother-in-law, I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to get out of here. I'm kind of over it. You know, I wasn't, I didn't have a good summer and uh, it was just a big change, even like living and, you know, I had never been out West before and, you know, it was just so different for me. Mm. So I told him, I said, well, you know, Katie, she was really kind of getting tired of it. And I was getting tired of it, too. And we kind of came to an agreement where I was like, let's just get out of here, you know, and maybe the, it just isn't for us. And we just gave it a try. And I ended up telling my brother-in-law, Eddie, hey, you know, why don't you uh, try and find me an agent, you know, search around, see who's available. And OK, yeah, I will. I will. So he gave me a couple of names. I said, no, not that one, not this one. So then a couple of days later, I had uh, Joe called me. So I answered the phone and usually he call like he'll call me every once in a while about horses and um, different things like that. Uh, I wrote a few horses for him um, through his uh, other partnerships that he handles. And I said, uh, oh, he must be calling about a horse, you know, so <laughs> answered the phone and he called me about taking my book. And, you know, he gave me the whole spiel of how he'd be good agent for me and, you know, he's selling himself and. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I hang up the phone and I'll never forget it. Me and my wife, we were driving down the, the beach road there. And I said, there's no way I can take him as an agent. You know, he's he's never <laughs> been an agent before. She goes, yeah, I don't know. You know, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, it's an option. So now I, I had to, at the end of Del Mar, I went, I had my ankle was bothering me. So I went and got surgery and I took a couple months off just to get physically and mentally ready to come back and. This kid wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. But it sounds like Joe McGuire, I mean, doesn't it? Yeah, persistent. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was persistent. And every time I had a doctor's appointment, he called me afterwards or a physical therapy. He texted me and, you know, always kept checking up on me, checking up on me, checking up on me. And, you know, I had some other guys that were good agents and they kind of just called me once and never checked back with me again. And here Joe was really... You know, and then I heard rumors, too, that Joe was kind of going around asking some trainers of what he thought if I'd take his book. And so now I start doing some research and <laughs> asking trainers. He says to me, uh, everybody, I, I can't find a bad thing about Joe. So then I tell my brother-in-law, Eddie, I said, yeah, this Joe McGore, he called me and he goes, oh, yeah, I told him to call you. I said, you did? <laughs> he goes, yeah, I saw him at the last day of Saratoga and we were talking this and that. And uh, he said, I told him to call you. He was wanting to be an agent. I'm like, oh, okay. So now, you know, short, make a long story short, you know, we, he kept bothering me, bothering me. And I finally just said uh, yes to him, you know, because he wouldn't shut up. <laughs> and uh, so, but I, but I saw, but I saw something too, you know, I said, here, here's a guy who's very hungry. He's hardworking. And you know, he knew what the job was to, to be an agent because his father had been a jockey and his father had had agents and he kind of went through some agents too, of, you know, so Joe knew what to do, what mm -hmm. the right thing to do for the job, you know, and, and how to be a good agent and to handle the trainers and handle the jockey as well. 
look, Joe has of the utmost respect for me and my ability and has so much confidence in me and really believes in me as a jockey. And, you know, that goes a long way, you know, mentally to have somebody that really backs you up and really believes in you and respects you at the end of the day to where, you know, if you're getting tired or, you know, you're working, you know, constantly and, you know, to where he can back off and he understands, you know, weight issues and things like that, you know, where a lot of other agents, they've never gone through that or they've never seen anybody Mm -hmm. go through that, you know, where Joe, he's kind of lived that going through his father. And, uh, you know, I, I just really think it's been a, um, it's been a knockout. It's been a, it's been a huge success. Definitely looks like you guys make an absolute great team. And, you know, from the, the amount of time that we got to talk to Joe, we had him on the podcast. Obviously that's how we linked up here, but it seems like a really great guy. We've chatted a little bit, text message. He's a fun dude to hang out with or, you know, be around. I'm sure. Yeah, just a genuine. Uh, yeah. Really genuine. The great thing. And the one thing he said in the podcast that kind of spoke to me when you were explaining that is he was like, you know, a lot of agents, like you said, don't really know about all the issues that some of these jockeys go through where he's actually lived it. And he sees the other side, like, Hey, I know what a jockey needs at his best and at his worst, you know, and I can be there and offer some support there, you know? So you guys are doing a great job and, and we we're definitely pulling for you guys. Yeah. That's for sure. Taking life lessons and, and, and providing a, a new way about going about for being an agent. So I, I'm glad you two hooked up because I think it's been sensational. Yeah. I mean, as well, it's, it, it's changed a lot. Uh, you know, Joe's been, he's just been tremendous, man. It's, you know, it's, it's so nice to have somebody, you know, that really, really cares, you know? Definitely. Yeah. And I was, I gotta be honest with you, Trevor, I was really shocked. Cause I mean, I've, I've watched your career and uh, as many other jockeys too. And when you first got your first career one grade victory, I'm like, that can't be his first. Yeah. I was, I, I, I was so boat. taken back. I'm like, I thought that was like maybe your third or fourth, uh, that you got. So congratulations <laughs> on that accomplishment. I guess it just kind of goes shows how your career has, you know, been, uh, on top of your game that uh, the assumption was there that you had already won a grade one. So congratulations on that. Just talk us through leading up to that race, maybe the race itself and how everything went for you and your, your new agent after that moment. Yeah, it was, it was cool, you know, to get the opportunity to ride the horse back. And, you know, there was plenty of good, great riders sitting in the jocks room that day and, you know, to ride a grade one and a prestigious race, right? The man of war, it was a big opportunity. So, you know, I just thought, you know, I'd give my horse the best chance and there wasn't a whole lot of pace in the race. So, I kind of just wanted to put him in a forward spot. And I, it was kind of funny because William Buick had shipped in to mm-hmm. ride your beer, obviously. And yep. he was in my corner and um, it started to rain a few races before. And he says to me, is it raining out? <laughs> I said, yeah, it, it's raining. And he goes, well, how hard is it raining? And I said, well, it looks pretty hard, you know, and <laughs> oh, man. And he goes, my horse doesn't like soft ground. Oh, no. I said, really? <laughs> so then I go back and I look at my horse really? again and I go, man, my horse, the only time he's won was on good soft ground. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking. So that's a plus. <laughs> and now Check I can that see, one off the list. Yeah. It's like four races now been raining and you could just see he's sweating. You know, he's getting nervous. <laughs> and, you know, now I'm looking at his horse and I'm going, man, he won at Del Mar, hard rock turf. You know, he won here at Belmont in uh, July or June, July, hard rock turf. And I'm like, all the time he runs off soft ground, no good. So I'm like, man, this might be a big, uh, <laughs> you know, big upset here. Somebody else can win this race. I'm thinking to myself, man, I can definitely be third, you know. Right. That's, that's be great. Hit <laughs> the board here. Yeah, I can finish third on a on the longest shot on the board. That'd be huge. And uh, and a grade one seven hundred thousand, yeah, absolutely. Right. And uh, 
Yeah, and to win it was just was just insane. You know, it was just it was unbelievable. I I still feel like I haven't won a grade one, and you know, to win it for Grand Motion, it was a guy I worked for and learned how to ride from from the age of 15. He was my first gallop job that I worked there for four years. You know, that to me was uh, was really really special. We we try to say kismet every time that it is. It just it, <laughs> just, it just kind of fits, circle. right? It's it's the last puzzle piece. That's yeah. the awesome way to win exactly. your grade one. Yeah. yeah. That's super cool. That's and awesome. What was, uh, I mean, obviously you're probably filled with emotion. You saw it even crossing the finish line. You were, you were definitely excited. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> you can see it. <laughs> or the emotions afterwards. And then what'd you do to celebrate and what maybe you and Joe did to kind of celebrate the, the big accomplishment? Yeah, we just did dinner. You know, we had a dinner. Um, we actually did dinner two nights ago for it, which nice. we kind of delayed, but he was at the sale. So, sure. you know, he was busy with that. And, um, you know, me and my wife, we did dinner. It was uh, ended up to be my birthday just after, and Mother's Day was just a week before, so we kind of celebrated all three nice. in one night. That's great. Nice. And uh, so it was great. We had a nice steak dinner. Very cool. What kind of steak did you get? I had the uh, surf and turf. Oh, nice. You can't go wrong with that. There you go. No. Uh, you, you a medium, medium rare guy? I'm medium rare. There you medium go. Rare. Okay. We're, the all, only we're, all, on the sa- yeah, yeah, we're all on the same page here. We're just <laughs> talking about Stacey and the game <laughs> on the golf yeah, course. We just said medium or well. I've been like, all right, well, we just got to end this podcast real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> can't talk to a guy who eats yeah. a, a well-done steak. Just can't do it. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, again, congratulations on that. That's a, that's a very big accomplishment, and I hope we see many, many, many more. One of many more. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Well, with Belmont coming up, obviously the Belmont Stakes right around the corner. What is the track bias right now? Um, what are you seeing out there? And where would you say perfect trip you'd have to place a horse to be the winner? I think, you know, the, the turf is pretty fair. You know, you can come from off the pace. You can be on the lead and, um, you know, but it depends. We've been getting some rain and it's actually raining now a little so uh it might be a little soft out there but it's been firming up getting softer so i think the the it's it's been pretty fair mm-hmm. but um you know the dirt just seems to me like uh you want to be forward you know it just seems like the track's been a little dry it's been hot here it doesn't get as much water as it probably should so it just seems like being in a forward position helps and and i mean i've seen speed be pretty good on some certain days, but um, I don't think you're going to see anybody coming from out of the clouds too much. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, I would say, you know, if the, if the pace is pretty quick, you know, mid-pack is okay, but, you know, further back than that, it's going to be pretty tough. What about the, is there like volatility? Obviously, the, I know the weather changes, there's rain, but I mean, some tracks, you know, you get a heavy downpour of rain. It really never comes back. It takes a longer time. Um, there's a few tracks that the drainage isn't isn't as great. Would you say on those days that uh, it, it takes maybe like weeks to come back, or is it just is it volatile within a couple of days? It's right back where it's at. What's the conditions? How it shifts at Belmont? Yeah, I would say a couple of days. You know, Belmont it takes a lot of water and it doesn't drain as well. But you know, it's just such a deep track, and you know, it holds so much moisture that it takes a while to dry out. A lot of the time. You know, in the mornings where we get some rain, the training track will be uh, harrowed uh, and almost like a good fast. And the the main track at Belmont will be still sloppy sealed just because it holds so much water. So it, it'll take a couple of days to kind of go back to to dry out and to go back to that kind of forward biased 
Well, fair enough. Well, I know we have a hard stop here coming up, so we've got one more segment for you, and this is our rapid fire segment. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and label off a couple different questions, and then first thing that comes to mind, shoot it out. You cool with that? Sure. All right. Favorite sport outside of horse racing? Baseball. Baseball. What's your favorite baseball team? I'm a Yankees fan. Oh, oh my man. God. So, I, was I was hoping excited. he said the Mets. I know. I, so I was excited. hoping he say the Mets. We're both Mets fans here. So, <laughs> little, Well, maybe we'll oh, see each no. other in the World Series. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> if you, you guys go. make it. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll see a tweet or something uh, during the Subway Series, depending on how it goes. Good chance. <laughs> nice. All right. Favorite vacation spot? We've been dying to go to Aruba, but we can't go, you know, with COVID and stuff. Oh, so sure. we've been... Katie hasn't got vaccinated yet when she was pregnant. You know, she didn't want to take that. You know, we're looking forward to going to Aruba. I think we might go in September. That's okay. going to be a fun trip, I'm sure. Favorite yeah. dinner spot? Dinner spot. Man, there's a lot of good choices, man. That's a tough one. <laughs> hey, you, you may be limiting his ability to go to some restaurants if he's going to make a pick one. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, that is true. Let's not do that. But right, give, maybe not give me favorite. one. Just give me one. Yeah. One of your favorite spots. One of Let's say that. Yeah. I'm going to say Don Pepe's, which is right outside of Aqueduct. Don and uh, it is probably one of the best Italian food you'll eat. All right. Fair enough. That's what I've heard. On the list. All right. Uh, turf race or dirt race for you? Turf. Turf. All right. Route or sprint? Sprinting on the turf. Nice. There you go. I like that. All right. Last question. We always finalize the interviews with this one. Who wins in a race, a foot race? You, Dylan Davis, or Eric Cancel? I'll finish last. <laughs> <laughs> You're the tallest, man. Hey, you got the long strides. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is that, so, you know, they had the, at Saratoga, they had the jockey sprint race, the foot yeah. race, and uh, they did it at Laurel as well when I was there. And <laughs> I always, I never, you know, I, I'm a big, long strided. I can go two miles, you know, I'm a, I'm a mile and a half surfer, man. <laughs> distance, not, not distance, not speed. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's uh, Dylan and Eric. They're more five eights on the turf, you know, starting out 21 44. So, they, of course, they'd beat me in the foot race. Uh, that's that's probably the best answer we've gotten because everybody yeah, else is like, yeah, I'm winning. Answer. Yeah, I'm winning for sure. Like, yeah. not even not even close. You yeah. know, we're taking this one. Everybody's Usain Bolt all, this, yeah. all of a sudden when we <laughs> talk to him about racing against other judges. At least you're a realist and yeah. you know where you're at. Yeah, I'm a mile and a half, man. I'm like, you know, <laughs> it's just like. You know, I'm built. I'm built like uh, you know, to go a mile and a half. Big. I'm a big, lanky, cold. Yeah. You know, I'm he's the closer. Little he's lazy. Not, yeah. yeah, little lazy. Yeah. Just, uh, just look over your shoulder like, at the half man, mile. I, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'll take them guys. I'll take those guys on going a mile and a half or like a five k. Uh, yeah. Those guys are done after 40, 50 yards, probably. Like, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. I have one last question here for you. Actually, I got to go. I ask this to everybody. Uh, if you're at Belmont, the rail's out 30. Oh, here we go. Uh, the rail's out 30 feet. Is that an advantage for front runners or closers? Front runners. Okay. Thank you. All right. So now we got yeah. one more that, that votes on my side, kid. I, you know, he seems hear, to be the contradictory. We, we hear one. conflicting uh, opinions on it. I think it's a track. I, I think every track is different. On the track. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true, too. Every every track is different with that. But yeah. I, I, I would Belmont. say more when the, when the rail's always out, it's, it's tough. It's like the shortest. Uh, you know, you don't want to move on the turn because you're so far out. You know, by the time you get in the stretch, the stretch is a little shorter. Sure. And it's tough. It's it's tough to make up some ground sometimes because, you know, it's like what? You, you're going to go five wide or four wide right. to get going right. or even three wide, you know, when the rail is 35 feet out. 
Yeah, sometimes I low, I like I go to peel out, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm peeling out too soon. I'll go tuck back in. <laughs> right. See? I'll be like, oh man, yeah, it's like shit. I, I can't do that, you know. It's like yeah. that'd be a, that'd be a dummy move for me. But you know, for some guys it worked. You know. Yeah. Some guys it worked. They can kind of just get some horses rolling on the outside. But you know, I, to me, I'm yeah. like, man, that won't work for me. My horse will flatten out the 16 pole. <laughs> as soon as he hits that turn, it's all over. We were talking. Yeah. It was with Raylu, and it was at fairgrounds, and they have that long, yeah. super long stretch at fairgrounds. So I think you know, I think it does depend on the track because if you have that longer stretch compared to like Belmont's shorter stretch, yeah, I think maybe it plays, but you obviously know better than I do. But yeah. Kendrick said that too, though, New York in yeah. general. He said New York, if it's the rails are out, it's yeah, it's speed favored in most cases. Well, congratulations. Yeah, especially aqueduct man aqueduct it's like when the rails oh, yeah. out you go for it man because the turn one the turn's short already yeah you know and now the rails out a little bit and you can kind of get make a middle move sure and um you know the the stretch is short already right and uh now they just shorten it even more when you make that middle <laughs> move you can kind of get away from some guys that are kind of tucked in behind horses yeah Good to know. All right. Yeah, chalk that's... it up for the good guys. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Trevor, listen, absolute pleasure to talk to you. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, we know yeah, you're pressed for time, but uh, hopefully uh, maybe again in the future, we'll get you back on again. Hey, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Trev. Anytime. Another stellar interview. Another great one. Thanks a lot for coming on, yeah, Trevor. Thanks, Trevor, for coming on, sparing your time to talk to us. We and I love the fact it. that he just endorsed exactly what I always said. Bel- Belmont, though, specifically. Yeah. Rail out, speed speed down. Just what you needed, another feather how much in your did, cap. How much did you have to Venmo him before? <laughs> That's between me and Trevor. <laughs> he just he just showed Trevor how much money he's bet on him in the last yeah. year. Trevor. And Trevor's like, all right, I'll endorse you. Uh, yeah. Trevor, I'm going to need a receipt for that, too. Just, you know. <laughs> Tax guy, uh, yeah. tax purposes. Yeah, bring those back to me, actually, would you? <laughs> tax purposes. That <laughs> uh, no, right. was a great interview, and again, thank you very much, Trevor, for coming on and, and spend some time with us. We do appreciate it, and thank you to his family. Yeah, thanks right. to Joe Migliori for setting it up. Hey, Joey, yeah. shout yeah. out, Joe. Joey, Joey Migs. Joey Migs, the man, the man, the myth. I can never have enough Joes. Yeah, well, I say. <laughs> My wife disagrees. Just <laughs> <laughs> two of us around is usually enough. Nice job, gents. Nice job. I don't want to yap with you guys anymore. Let's get to Cap'n. Let's go to Belmont for the late pick five. All right. Saturday's card. Uh, weather-wise, going to be rain on Friday. It looks to be sunny and 80 on Saturday, so everything should stay on the turf. We're going to race six. I hope so. I didn't look at any of the MTOs. <laughs> Neither did I. Uh, race six. <laughs> For Saturday's card at Belmont, seven furlongs to claiming 10,000. Purse of 28,000 for three year olds and upwards. I'm going to go with a five, is my pick, which is FF Rocket. That's uh, Rob Atris, Kendrick Carmouche. Uh, the statistics here for Rob Atris for claiming and sprints and dirt starts are all pretty stellar, all in the 20s uh, for percentages. Horse is going to move out a little bit in distance. It's not really a concern for me on the distance. I think the horse probably is really going to. Find a little better of an opportunity at seven furlongs than he did at six and a half on the slop last time out. Go two back in April 30th, scratch that turf race out with Kendrick. Three times Kendrick's been on. One of those on turf, scratch it. The other two a mile uh, on the dirt and then six and a half furlongs on a sloppy track. One at 20,000 claiming, one at 16,000 claiming. Third in both of those by two lengths and two and three quarter. I think he gets the job done this time. Uh, third, Fourth time out here for Kendrick on the horse. I think he's going to do quite well. A little bit of drop in class. I think they're really looking for a tag on here because it's really a kind of a suspicious class drop. When you're still contending at 20,000 and 16,000 and you're hitting thirds, I think to drop him down to 10,000 claimers, something a little suspicious about it. 
Uh, the workouts are always pretty much pedestrian. I wouldn't say there's anything really great here. Horse really doesn't really get up in the morning, but I think that they're putting it in for a complete tag here. So I'm definitely going to have FF Rocket on my ticket. Um. Okay, I'm going to go with the three here, Mission Wrap It Up. I think this horse is going to be, I think to win this race, I think that Irad's going to have to put this horse on the lead. I don't see a lot of front running speed in this race or anybody that likes to go to the front consistently. If we go and back it up to March 1st of this year at Parks, that's kind of the race I'm looking for. Ran an 89 speed figure, one by three lengths, went to the front, was kind of battling for the lead actually, but was at the front and then ended up pulling away by three lengths to finish out the race. That's the whole the race I'm hoping to see out of IRAD this race. And then one stat that showed up to me on the form here was at 25% uh, when the trainer drops down two classes. So pretty substantial mark there for Eduardo Jones. Uh, I think that that's something that you want to keep an eye on. I think that if Ired puts his horse in the lead, it's going to be very difficult for anybody else to catch him. So I'm going to go and take a shot with the three. I like that one too. That's a good in the money play too. I mean, for the uh, Eduardo Jones barn, 17, yeah. 17 times out and seven in the money. So he's uh, I, pretty consistent. I don't like the last couple races. Though. I don't like the last three that's races, class, honestly, though. but yeah, you're state bred. Up, yeah, exactly. Both those are state class. breds. Um, you're going back to open company. Yeah, so I, if you scratch those three races, which I guess you're scratching three races, but if you go back to that March 1st race, I think that horse is going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I think it was just outclassed in his uh, previous jump back down to 10,000. Where are you at, Stats? Uh, I'm going to go to the rail, baby. Mm-hmm. Rail is winning at 47%, and it's being wired at 47%. Um, I'm going to take the one. <laughs> Golani. Golani Brigade. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Golani. Golani? <laughs> Wasn't that in uh, Glorious Bastards? Golani. <laughs> Say it again one more time. Oh, that's slid, that's Golani. Slid past me. Good for you. It's a nice job. Um, I'm looking two races back. $25,000 uh, claiming race in New York. Went six, six furlongs. <clears throat> broke the gate second. Got to the front. Kept going. Ended up losing by two lengths to Silica Mike. But still ran 23.8. The, re- the race before the most recent came out hot at running at 22.7. I don't see that kind of fractions at 22.7 and 46 here. I think the one takes the rail and wires the field. The one thing I do like, similar to the kids' pick here, is you know last three races were all state bred races as well. A couple claims there out of uh, Linda Rice and Jeffrey Engelhardt. So I think that's really key. Is now it's going back to open company and it's dropping down here in the uh, ten thousand claimers from allowance previously. You go back to November, it's right there. Mm-hmm. So I did like that speed opportunity too. Going out a little more in distance, solid, solid, solid. Dude, that was like our least debated race in like six months. I love it. <laughs> I see that. I see that race is like I, it was hard for me to pick a winner. I mean, in all honesty, there's it's not a lot race. to go off. It's very open, so I think you can make an argument. You know, yeah, you can make an argument for pretty much any horse, and I'm, I'm not going to really hate it. And I think that if you can this race, I think I would spread a little bit more than I would spread a couple other ones. But. Yep. <laughs> what, the ten, like the tenth. I yeah. love closing yeah. the big fight with a maiden. Oh yeah, got all button at yeah. the end. All, all sandwich. <laughs> Uh, race seven is seven furlongs. It's on the turf. Uh, allowance ninety two thousand. Uh, this is a purse of ninety two thousand for fillies and mares, three year olds and upwards, which have never won fifteen thousand other than maiden claiming starter or state bred allowance, or which have never won two races. Kid the rails at twenty seven feet. No, mm. Look no further than the one. I'm going with Stony <laughs> Point with the Dylan Davis and Shug McGahey. I really like the last time out here on April 15th. That was six furlongs on the turf, 87 buyer rating. Went out, was kind of wiring the field, faltered a little bit at the end, just missed by a length and three-quarter, was in hand the entire way. And that was in an 82,000 allowance condition for Phillies last time out. Prior to that, broke its maiden pretty convincingly in an eight-horse field, one by two and three-quarter lengths, a five furlongs on the turf, 
going to get the same kind of trip here. I do like the speed, obviously. I'm looking for a speed horse. Really, one of the only horses that really can go to the front. There's a few others here, but the times are really good. And that last time I was 22 and 44 and 3. That's kind of smoking against this field. I don't think it's going to have to run that hard to go out and hold that lead. Again, with the rails being out, after our conversation here with the great Trevor McCarthy, <laughs> that you're going to see speed holds. I'm going with Stony Point. 50-day layoff doesn't bother me, just you know, and the, and the last workout was pretty good on May 30th. I'm always, I, I've, I've changed my tune a little bit with the layoffs. I'm starting to be like, eh, do I need to see one because I've been let down so many times? But I don't hate the pick. I think Dylan's going to be uh, tough to beat pretty much any time. He's riding really hot. He had two winners today. Uh, but the horse that I'm going with here is kind of a two-for-one, actually. I'm going to go with the two Christoph Clement horses. Uh, obviously, Joel Rosario teaming up with Christoph is always a dangerous combination. Really can't ever go against it. Paid off well today, and it did pay off on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Um, but that horse, Anador, I think this horse is a decent player here. I actually like the other one a little bit better, but I think Joel makes all the difference on this horse. I think he knows how to ride Christoph's horses, and especially on turf. Uh, you know, Christoph has got this, this horse prime for him. But the last three times out, it came in second. Uh, Dylan Davis rode once, came in fifth by two lengths, and then the the start before that posted its highest speed figure at 91 and one by a head. So uh, that horse is going to be primed, and then you get Trevor McCarthy on the other horse, which is uh, Romanasa, and this horse is getting Lasix for the first time and has been hitting the board at a very high clip. I like the added Lasix here. I think that's going to help the horse a lot, uh, especially the way this horse has been racing, but the only thing against it is race, racing in France is coming over here to Belmont, so I don't know how that's going to play. Um, in terms of the turf conditions, so yeah, six month layoff. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, and the like I said, anything great, but yeah, nothing really crazy. But you're only seeing a handful. You know, you don't really yeah. know what you're going to get. Um, it's it's a little yeah. bit to be determined. But I do like the Lasix. Obviously, that's that's something that uh, first time I like to see, and especially for a horse that's been hitting the board pretty consistently. Yeah. So that's great entry. Yeah, two I, for one. I like the two for one. <clears throat> Got two pair. I say two pair. Does he look like a man beaten by jacks? <laughs> um, it's it's going to be hard for me not to have the one in there just because of the of the two horses. I like a different horse. I like coming from the outside. I like the nine Mona Stella coming off of a uh, relatively rough showing, but that was at a mile and an eighth in a grade three. We're shortening way down. This horse went to the front, held the lead through the first three calls. It was only a half a length out. And then just fell apart. I, I think it doesn't want any part of the distance. And you can see that too. You know, if you go back to the distaff stakes um, in Florida in March, right to the front, mm-hmm. stalked a little bit, just didn't have enough down down the end to hold off a little shifty she. So I think we're going back to a more familiar distance that likes the shorter distance. Even go back to Chantel in February, even back into last year. So I think a distance speaks a little bit better um, for this horse. And then looking at the trainer, 26% winners coming out of route to sprint. So I like the class drop. I like the trainer. I like the distance drop and the 88 speed figure that he put up in Tampa in March. I think he's going to channel that into the seven, seven for a long. I I like Patrick being cone as a trainer and that connection with Jose Ortiz, which is an upgrade here on the jockey position as well. I think for this horse going to work out really well. They already connected one time already this week. Mm, mm, mm. Put some laces, put some blinkers and we win the race. And that's more of a, that's more of a narrow race for me. I think. Yeah. I'm not going to spread too much in that race. That would not be a spread. I've got maybe two or three horses I'll throw in there. Yeah. Um, Like I said, I'm pretty sold on the Christoph. It might be my single. Possibly. Might be a single for me. That's a strong entry. We'll see if they both run. Yeah. Uh, race eight, it's a mile. It's an allowance, 50000 uh, It's a purse of 60000 for three-year-olds and upwards, which have never started for a claiming price of 50000 or less, and which have never won a race other than maiden or claiming. This may be my key, actually. I'm going to go with the three, Lunisima. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be Irad Ortiz for Peter Walder. I like a lot of things about this horse. 
The distance here at a mile really works well. I like the allowance 50,000 race that was ran last time. Same similar conditions here on a muddy track at Belmont. Strictly has run in Gulfstream Park and uh, Aqueduct here on his three times out this year after it got claimed from Jack Sisterson. You got a win in two seconds. Irad gets back on the horse, which I think is a nice key opportunity here. He was three back there in an optional claiming 20,000 on February 25th. And the horse is just really in really, really good form. 391 buyer ratings consistently. Uh, horse is going to be in a more of a stocking trip. Doesn't really fall that far back. Three, four lengths tops. Should be sitting in a nice position from the three hole to be able to make his move. I think Irad wins this one pretty convincingly in this field. I think it's my key. I'm going to take the three, Looney Sima. Well, I like that horse a lot until you took it from me. Um, so I'm going to go right to your outside. I'm going to go with uh, Consto with Kendrick Custo, Like Jacques Custo, 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 whatever you want to say. Yeah, I'm going to go with that horse. I think that Kendrick on an early front runner here is going to be all the difference. Uh, when Kendrick gets out to the front and he gets a speed horse, you know, somebody that can really push the fractions, he, he does really, really well. And uh, that's what this horse does. You know, this horse gets out into the front and it's very hard to catch. You can see that on March 20th at Aqueduct, but just ran out of steam at the end. So I do like Kendrick's chances here. I also looked at a couple of the other entries and um, Kendrick won on another horse in this race, which would be bold victory, but for some reason is on uh, Cousteau. So I don't know if that was, you know, established business already. I don't know if, you know, just a jockey change, but I don't know why you would change jockeys last time out if you won. So it was just something that I kind of took another glance at, but Kendrick's, Kendrick's ran, um, Kendrick's been on this horse for the last three months, and, I mean, the class is also a little bit higher. So I think that Kendrick can do some work, work here, and uh, if he gets to be lone speed, he might be really dangerous. I like it. Stats, where are you at? You guys are making a lot of sense today. This is weird. <laughs> this is weird. Um, if I'm going to go against either of those two, I'm going to put the two in. Um, Invisible War, Dylan Davis and Mark Cassie teaming up. I'm putting a line right through that mile on a 16th that they ran um, at Churchill Downs in May. They gave up. They gave up. They pulled up. That's okay. We're going to go back two races back to the fairgrounds in March with Mr. Loveberry. Um, good showing at the mile distance. Uh, times fractions weren't anywhere close to what we're going to see here, but I still think this too has enough to be able to come off the pace a little bit in the stalking position to be able to contend at the top of the race. I like the blinkers on. Yeah, blinkers go on. So I think that's for the place, right? Should be. Should be. Should be going. Should be. Should be wheeling. And uh, the workouts are pretty decent. Yeah, marginal. But I like the form that it showed um, in February and March. I think we're going to put a line through that May race, and we're going to come back with Dylan Davis. I think it's going to try to go to the front. Yeah, you scratch that race. Definitely contender. Definitely going to be forwardly placed. Anybody else see anything else outside of that? I I was really strictly on the three. I just <laughs> kind of like saw that, and I couldn't get away from it. I like it. the three a lot as well. I always hate when these races happen, too, though, because uh, you get Flavian on a horse that you're just really not looking at, and sometimes that's usually the horse that kind of bites me in the ass. Ooh, air show? Yeah. Air show, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the recent work was good. Four furlongs and 47 flat. Yeah, it's just, you know, sometimes it's one of those races where you you kind of look at it and you're like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. This makes a lot of sense. But why am I not talking about this one? And it's not often you see that Flavian Pratt goes on a horse that doesn't really have a chance. Plus, it's Rudy Rodriguez. And I always like horses that don't really, you know, like a horse comes out, doesn't fire. I always like the next race out because Rudy always does something a little different. And I also like, I don't like the opposite, whereas horse comes out and wins decisively next time out. I almost always stay away from that horse just because uh, they don't come back as good. That's the second time. So I'm kind of like, that's how I am yeah. with Rudy Rodriguez horses. And this horse right here, last time out finished fourth by six lengths, really didn't do much, but off the, off the claim, obviously you're getting a new trainer. Um, so this is a horse that maybe I'll throw in there just, you know, as a, you know, 
Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, except when I looked at who beat him at Royal Trist, which is the six horse in this race. I, I'm really not impressed with that horse at all. When it runs allowance 50,000, it hasn't done anything. 58 lengths off, 15 lengths off with Trevor McCarthy, three back. I want to know what happened at that aqueduct race. Yeah, I, don't, I have no idea. And then it comes back after, and, you know, obviously it comes out of the bar and goes to Linda Rice. She gets a one time, gets claimed, and now Mike Maker gets the horse. So the last time out was good for 35,000, but we're, we're running back in allowance 50,000, and I don't like what I saw from allowance 50,000 in any New York races, even at aqueduct. So if I don't like the six, I. I can't go with the one as a spread, and I think that's that's what stopped me from going. I with guess, the one. but I mean, sometimes I mean you get pretty good trips, and sometimes it just works out. You know, I mean, look at the look at the fractions there: twenty two, and then wheel. I mean, it just broke down well for that horse. I think you know twenty two and four forty five, and then one hundred nine that finished one thirty five. So I mean, the pace obviously broke down. This horse was right there in the right spot the whole entire. Time. I couldn't even say it was it the was off like, track because they were both off track. No, races. but I was. Just, I think it was just a good race that Dylan had placed this horse in, you know, a good position that this horse was in the whole entire time. He let the speed go out to the front, it faded, and he came down and won. Yeah. Um, I think I just, it just played out that way. I think it's way. class for me. I think it's just the class of the race. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't. I think it's just a horse that I'm adding in. Um, I'll have it in. You don't have to add in your ticket. It'll make it more expensive. It might not even make any sense to put him yeah. in there, but I, it's just these are the spots that Flavian... I don't see him no, take I, I you know, any yeah. not live mounts. You know, I don't think I, I don't think I like any horse coming into a fifty thousand dollar allowance that's off uh, claiming thirty five thousand dollars winners of three lifetime. I just I'll just stay away from that one. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Okay, but I could be wrong. It's not the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Does that say anything, Dad? Nope. One, two, three, six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weird. Identical. <laughs> That's an exact match. Identical. Identical. <laughs> we can go to race nine then. Shout out my cousin Vinny. Uh, race nine. It's a mile and one eighth. It's on the inner turf. It's a grade two Penning Ridge Stakes. Purse of two hundred thousand dollars. Like I said, inner turf for three year olds. I'm gonna go right with the number four, Napoleonic War. This is Flavian Pratt. This is Chad Brown. This is going out a little bit more. Uh, distance here, last time out, two times out, mile on the 16th, uh, both on a firm and good track. And uh, optional claim, 80,000, last time out, won it fairly easy, 87 buyer rating with Manny Franco, two back when Pratt was on him for the grade three at Keeneland, came in fourth by a length, had a nice really stalking trip, fifth but only two lengths back. I think that's the kind of same thing you're going to see here as more of a stalking trip, and I think this is the one that uh, Flavin's going to win for Chad Brown. The combination with the jockey and trainer combination, 35% win percentage. They're pretty hot right now. They're one of the better combinations right now. If you watch on Twitter and horse racing Twitter, uh, there was a little... I guess, voting competition on who the better trainer jockey connections were. And this was one of them because it's a high clip. So uh, favorite last time out, one easy uh, off the Lasix. Shouldn't be a problem on or off. This horse is pretty solid and really good form. I'm going to go with Napoleonic War. I thought it was Irad, Chad, uh, <clears throat> Irad, Chad Brown. I thought it was Flavian. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, it was Flavian it was... and somebody else. All right. Um, no, I don't know. No, Napoleonic no, War is Flavian. No, no, no. no, no. no. We were the, talking about the poll. It was Ira Chad poll. Brown, and then it was mm. uh, Ray Lou, Brett Calhoun. Calhoun, right. And then it was... Wasn't it Pratt? No, it wasn't Pratt. Oh, man. Uh, Joel and Steve Asmussen. Oh, okay. Yep. That's yeah. right. Joel and Steve Asmussen. That was like the TVG like rated. Yeah, one, they were throwing yeah. them out there. <clears throat> Which also makes me wonder because... I think there's still that's still a high percentage, thirty five percent. Yeah, I think races. no, no, I'm not saying anything against the combination there. I think uh, it's a new, it's newer business, right? Flavian started riding for Chad Brown like last year, and I think they started coming alive. Uh, but I think there's still some to be determined left in between who gets better mounts, Flavian or short sample size. But I, you know, I think yeah. I mean, it, 
there he's got the two top jockeys right i mean in yeah. the country these are these are the top two guys um joel rosario's in that but Chad, he doesn't ride for chad brown usually so correct um i think it's to be determined even manny franco gets some of the chad brown's top mounts as well so this race for me was pretty difficult um to find a clear-cut winner i mean it's hard for me like i said every time i see christoph clement joel rosario like that five it's another Lazar, combination it's a, it's a very difficult combination for me to go against and last time out this horse won first time asking by four and a half lengths again in france so i didn't i don't really know much about the race i'm looking at the workouts and nothing super crazy but the one thing i can say is that they're working this horse out consistently so i mean the layoff of seven months is kind of a, a question mark for me it's 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 gonna be a difficult race. You, you just know? you just said you were just talking about that. Yeah, so it's like I I'm like it's hard for me not to bet this horse, but it's like this horse might need one more race, and I don't know how it's gonna to take to the turf here at Belmont either. So it's it's definitely a question mark for me, but I will have it on the ticket. That forty nine flat wasn't too bad on May twenty second on the track. So yeah, forty nine flat, but I mean. I'm always looking. If I see like a, I like a 48, you know, I like a 48. I love a 48. That's what I'm just saying. 49s, okay. 50 is right, not even yeah, bad for right. these horses here. It's nothing, it's nothing like that. I'm like, oh my God, did you see that? You know, see that 49 and four that it just ran. It's just like, you know, it's, it's working out consistently. I can say that. I mean, May 15th, May 22nd, May yeah. 29th. And then they took a little bit of a break, but um, before that was April and then uh, April 23rd, then didn't mm-hmm. go back until the 15th. So, uh, like I said, pretty consistent works. I just don't know how this horse is going to take. That's the only thing. But I do like first time asking thirty one thousand in France. I don't know how that transfers Chantilly. over here. But yeah, <laughs> Joe, <laughs> so. you know Chantilly. I'm not talking about the song either. Chantilly. <laughs> I don't know Chantilly. <laughs> I thought you were going to do the Big Bopper song. Um, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> uh, I'm showing my age. Are you right, about uh, Big Bopper? <laughs> yeah, that's like a '50s fucking oh. singer. I'm immediately thinking Frankie Valley. <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> Won't you come out Kid, if you like 48 flats, uh, Emmanuel, last time out, work out. Hey, can I pick a horse? Nine. Sorry, I'm just saying. If he's... Sorry, my bad. I'm going to go with the six, Emmanuel. bitch. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry to steal your thunder, kid. Sweet Moses. All right, I know it's first time out on grass, and I know... Pletcher dirt to dirt to grass isn't outrageous. A 17% winner and hits the board at 39%. But I can't not... I can't not not have this horse. All right. It's a triple crown prep winner or prep horse. It ran in the bluegrass, ran in the fountain youth. It got beat by Zandon, Smile Happy, uh, Simplification, you name it. It got beat. But you know what? It posted a 96 speed rating at the bluegrass grade one, and it posted an 89 speed rating at a mile and 16th in the fountain of youth. The horse is classy. It's got the lungs. It's got the endurance, Mm -hmm. and it has the front end speed. And the last two works were at Belmont on the inner turf where he went five furlongs in a minute two and four furlongs in 48 flat. On yeah. the grass. I have Doing no like problem with the grass. I have no problem with anything. I've got the six on top, and this may actually be a key because I don't have any faith in the morning um, the morning line favorite, the seven unanimous consent. I think the six is a strong choice here. I think this one is a little bit more wide open than I'd like, though, too. First time on the turf does scare me a little bit, just a little bit. But for what you laid out, it's probably the classiest horse in the bunch. So it's tough for me to... Breeding, I don't know. Hard spun mare and more than ready. I'm saying, like, in terms of what races the other horses have run in. I mean, yeah, he, this horse is running in grade one, grade two, and then, you know, broke its maiden and maiden 60, and then came back in a, you know, claiming or open company 75, and then went to a grade two and grade one. I think out of the body of work, that horse right there is definitely the classiest, I believe. I believe so too. Um, I don't think there's a question there, and I, I think it shows it likes the turf. I think it's going to do well on the turf. That's not even a question for me. Yeah. 
you know, limited liability is pretty classy as well. So this, the think, seven is a morning line of eight to five right now. Well, the seven, I was just going to say the seven's undefeated and won the Woodhaven yeah. last time out. Manny Franco has been doing really well for Chad Brown. Like I said, that was yeah, other connections. There's, <clears throat> there's some, there's yeah, some good solid. They're crazy on fire. I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah. So I think that this horse has a lot of stuff going for it. Um, on the turf, undefeated. First time asking one by two and almost three lengths. Second time out, same thing, one by a length and a half. And then the third time out, post its highest or second highest speed figure and one by almost two lengths there as well. So uh, it's, it is the one to beat and it should be sitting in the stocking trip. I think, you know, Emmanuel, the distance maybe is a question. I, if this was a mile, I'd say it might be a little more in the sixes realm here. This is another spread race for me, I believe. Mm. I agree. Yeah. Uh, mm. I think it's a solid spread race and you could probably get a decent price. What's Emmanuel's odds? You have five to two. Five to two. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't I think there's anybody double digit in this race. Correct. In the morning line. Don't. Don't. Don't is the only two. one. Trevor McCarthy. And he won on the longest odded horse. Not too long ago. So you can't throw Just him out about either. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think, like I said, this is a spread race for me because I wouldn't be surprised even to see limited liability come in. Like I said, I like Joel Rosario, that connection. That wouldn't surprise me if they won. Manuel wouldn't surprise me. Uh, unanimous consent. It's probably going to go off the favorite. Wouldn't surprise me there. So Should I, be a good race. I, yeah. I think it's a little bit more wide open than I originally anticipated, but I think it's going to be a spread race for me. I like it. I think the six wins running away. And you, you might be side very, bet. <laughs> you might be hey, very side right bet I'm not involved in. Thank God. Uh, let's move on to the 10th. Uh, All the money. <laughs> All of the money. 10th in the finale. It's a mile on the turf. It's a maiden claiming 75000 Purse of 55000 for maiden fillies and mares, three-year-olds and upwards. The rail's at 27 feet. I'm going to go with the speed. I'm going to go with the three. Flavian Pratt. Birthday time for Todd Pletcher. 55-day layoff. Not really worried about it. The workouts are okay. Not great. I would have liked to see something a little better. But I like the distance going out a little further. First time out, seven and a half furlongs on the turf on April 10th. Had the lead, faltered late, lost by a length with Paco Lopez. You're getting Flavian Pratt on the grass, which is a great combination. I think they're really trying to have been working on this horse to kind of get his uh, his gate works. There's been a couple gate works, more than, a little more than you'd normally see uh, for a horse uh, trying to get it back and like the time away. So I think they've been doing the things the right way here. I think Todd's just trying to little kid gloves here, moving up in class a little bit, moving out a little bit. I just think that uh, speed holds Flavian gets them out and doesn't really look back, uh, stand on the Lasix as well. So really nothing here that I'm going to complain about. I think I'm taking a shot here in a maiden race that, I mean, it's pretty wide open, but if I got to go with anybody, I'll take the speed and Flavian, which is a pretty good combination for top Pletcher. So I'll take birthday time. Good pick. That's going to be on my ticket as well. Um, I'm going to go whale to the 10 hole here with Cadencia, Dylan Davis. This horse just missed last time out. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, it's going to be a little bit of a weaker field that you're comparing it against because that last time out, this horse should have won, I believe. Uh, Castellano just missed the board there, missed winning uh, by a half length. Uh, closed and then just lost, lost speed at the end there, so... Um, a little bit of a tough break for this horse, but I think this horse is right there every time. Plus, you're throwing the blinkers on for the first time here, and I think that the blinkers are really going to help this horse because if they put this horse in a front-running fashion, which is where I think this horse needs to be placed, um, it might not look back. It might just go right to the front and wheel. And I do see a stat here, and I I do like it, but it's, it's one of those that's like, eh. I'm 50-50 on it. 31% for this trainer when it goes up one class with William Morley or Morey. And uh, that's a, that's a stat that's going to be, it's going to, it's going to prove himself or it's going to mean absolutely nothing on Saturday. So well, the blinkers help. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. the blinkers definitely help this horse. I mean, this horse is 
ranking first in its prime power. It's got that late kick that you're looking for in a, in a race like this. And I mean, this horse has missed the board or missed winning a few different times and gives up just, the lead late in you know, the last yeah. time out. I think the blinkers help. He runs that last race. Yeah, yeah uh, I agree. I think that's going to make him like a little more game towards the end, which is what he needs yeah. just to hold on a half length, three lengths. It's just right there. Yeah, I mean, this horse has got a lot of races under its belt. It's just missing that winning race, right? It's still trying to find its maiden winning race. So I, why yeah. not this time? This is one of those times that you get Dylan Davis, and you know Dylan's going to really fight hard. If he's got this horse in this right position, I think, you know, they'll see Dylan um, do everything he can to get this yeah. horse past the line first. And I, th- I think the post position from the outside is uh, to its advantage. Yeah. Come from I, the 10 spot. Yeah, maybe. Like I said, I think the blinkers are going to be a, a true contender here. I think it's really going to help this horse. And last uh, last workout at 48 and 3, too, was a, a nice little eye opener, too. So no, we like shall that. see. Where are you at, Stats? I'm with you. I actually have the 10 on top as well. Ooh, identical. Identical. <laughs> docking. <laughs> oh, docking, engaged. Um, I'm having a hard time not getting the six on the ticket somewhere. Mm hmm. I like that it's coming down in class. Yeah, it's Miss Bonnie T. It's coming down in class, and we're coming down on distance, getting rid of that that sixth of a mile. Last time out, went right to the front. Slow fractions, 24-1-9, but still went to the front, held all the way through the fourth call, and then fell apart down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think cutting down that that extra quarter, sixteenth uh, of a mile, is the right play. Um, speed figures have been pretty darn good. Actually, has one of the highest speed ratings on turf of the field. <clears throat> so I think I'm going to have the sixth in there. Still, never, still haven't broke the maiden, obviously, but four seconds to two-thirds. I got to have the six in this ticket. I think the 11 and the 10 are all... Uh, the, I'm sorry, the six and the 10 are, are like... The same, the same horse, horse right? Yeah. It's just like 10 times out, 11 times out. I I start to lose a little faith. Of, you know, we talked before. It's kind of like something that always comes back from the previous podcast. Like, I start to lose a little faith when you got 11, 12, 13 starts, and you got like six seconds and five seconds. And the horse just isn't figuring out how to win. I think the big thing for the six, too, is that it's it's finally going to the... Uh, you know, the claiming portion versus just a, a made 90,000. So yeah, I think the drop the class, class relief is going to yeah, be some help be. for it. Right. And I think it's class relief and, and shortening it too. Yeah. The drop in class and the shortening is kind of uh one of those, you see a trainer like this is probably our best shot to win. We got to right. do both of these to, to get the shot. Yeah, That's a big angle, so, right? I mean, cutting in, cutting right. in distance and dropping in class is something I always look and for da- too. And old Davey Donk's been uh, had a nice little Hot. ride recently. Yeah. He's, he's yeah and him and him and Cardenas actually do uh, really well together. It's uh, another sneaky little combination there. So I think the six is a good play as well. Here. Sneaky, 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 sneaky. So yeah, that's a very wide open race. Obviously all maidens are, but, uh, I, for me, I just, I like the, the horses that have less time opportunities than horses that have more opportunities that are coming back trying to win, I, but I am it's very, open. I'm very on the fence with that. I, I guess I'd rather have an experienced horse, but then there's a point where it comes there. It's like, okay, you, you're experienced and you still can't win. So it's like, I don't know. But. All right. Time to go to the van. Say that? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. You make a good lead pony. <laughs> I gotta tell you, that was a uh, man. We ripped through that one pretty quick. It's an uneventful, unargumented. If I had any effort at all, I'd, I'd fight you on your. Just I just, I just don't all. have the energy. To just have the energy today. today. I don't have the energy. Watch out or for the Belmont week. Here. Yeah, <laughs> too. Wait till you have a kid that pokes you in the eye at quarter after five in the morning. <laughs> Daddy, why do you, you smell like? Back? Why do you smell like bad apple juice? That's beer, honey. Relax. <laughs> just poke her right back. <sighs> go to sleep. No, you go to jail for that shit now. You know, go. Oh, Dad, push me at five o'clock. Five o'clock in the morning. I get so sensitive. Just wait. One day. One day, my friend. You're gonna, oh, be, yeah. you're gonna be like, dude, I can't believe what I all that time that I had before. I'm gonna enjoy all that. Michaela, 
Get up with the kids. <laughs> Tired. Kids crying. Kids crying. You, you hey, take you care, take of, the care kids? of the kids? <laughs> you, got, you got that? You don't, you, that? you don't hear that? <laughs> I worked all week. <laughs> As if you didn't. I worked all week. <laughs> oh, that should be joyful. <laughs> She's going to love yeah, it. That was, uh, that was some short arguments. Yeah. yeah like but said, now it's time for something longer. And leaner. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. No. And I've never, I, you know, me longer and leaner have never collided in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's foreign territory. And now it's time for the live long shots of the week. It's a great intro. <laughs> I got honey in my voice. <laughs> All right, my live long shot of the week. I'm going to race seven. I'm going with mail order. Chops and class shortens up. I like both of those angles. Back on Lasix, horse hasn't raced in a little bit of a time here, coming in from Gulf Street Park. And uh, got to be honest with you, Jose Lascano, Bill Mott, this horse is forwardly placed. I just can't see this horse losing. And I'm going to quote Newman and just say, this horse wins because the mail never stops. It keeps coming and coming. It never lets up, and it's relentless every day. It piles up more Newman! and more. You got to get it out. The more you get out, the more it comes in. And then the barcode reader breaks, and it's published. Newman! Newman! Uh, sorry, uh, mail order. <laughs> <laughs> Great pick. My race here is going to be the ninth race. Horses number two. That's Daunt. Daunt, leave Trevor McCarthy off your ticket. This horse may seem like he's a little outclassed because of the competition he's running against, but let me tell you, we saw Trevor McCarthy do the same exact thing two weeks ago and win a grade one. This is a grade two. He can do it just as easy. This horse is stepping up a little bit, but let me tell you, this horse has what it takes. It's out of Nyquist. You got Trevor McCarthy who's riding really hot. Daunt, leave this off your ticket. Hmm. Bull. Bold strategy, Bold strategy. I'm going to go to a different race, and I'm going to go with bold victory. That is the bold selection. Hey, where's, it's Trevor McCarthy. Trevor McCarthy. Yeah. Imagine I mean, that. he can do it all. Podcast karma <laughs> winning live long shots. It's the it. eighth horse in the eighth race. Coming off of a win under Kendrick Carmouche on a sloppy seven furlong track. Run, won it running away at five and a half lengths. It's going to channel its inner 94 speed figure from three races ago to the mile from the outside. It's the eight. It's a bold victory. It's taken down that. What, what horse do you have that Philly? The mail order. That gold digging, low level, dime a dozen, mushy, pointless, dangling, overused, flashy fish market. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny Depp. No disrespect to that horse. I just wanted to find a way to get Johnny Depp's poetic words into the podcast at one time. The case did, heard around the world. Did I read that correctly? Did I read that right? <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. That's Would you like to read it again? I can't believe I, I can't believe I blew all that time on that fifty cent horse. <laughs> God bless them. Oh, good stuff. What are we going to do with our time now that the case is over? I told you productivity skyrocketed. <laughs> I got so much done the last couple of days. It's incredible. I watched zero of that trial, but I'm glad it was entertaining for you guys. I got I more entertainment listening to you guys that. talk about it every week. <laughs> I didn't have to watch it. Watched it I didn't have to. Just imagine. Yeah. yeah, you could. I mean, you could probably go on YouTube or TikTok and just get it. <laughs> like streaming like it like a, a Netflix version. episode. Yeah, <laughs> just the highlights. Just watching all the highlights. highlights of the cases. <laughs> There's got to be a mashup there somewhere. Just the best. A mega pint. Yeah, a mega pint. <laughs> I poured myself a very large glass of wine. <laughs> a mega pint. As long as you're happy, sir. <laughs> There's so many quotes I'm going to be using for this trial for, for ages and ages to come. Changed everything. 
Uh, objection. It's oh, so it didn't change anything, huh? It's your. She actually said it. That's her actual statement. Hearsay. It's hearsay. Uh, it's amazing how much time and energy has been sucked into a defamation case <laughs> just to keep us away from reality. Yeah, that's, and they're both winners. They both get money. Hey, whatever you have to do works. to keep me uh, from looking at those gas prices and just All craziness. Other, yeah. Stuff. And give for, me another defamation case. Yeah, give me another one. <laughs> run, it, run it back. If we get another, if we get another defamation case, who would you want to see? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Hmm. Um, OJ. Oh, and then, um, uh, what's the Kardashians' mom? Chris. Chris. Chris Jenner. No, Chris, yeah, Chris Kardashian. Jenner. Chris Jenner. Yeah, yeah. that would be a cool defamation case. I heard a story about those two before. Huh. Deep, deep in the podcast shed. Yeah, deep, deep, deep in the shed. It was deep, deep in the hot tub. Look it up. It's a wild story. It happened. And uh, he, I don't he think he wore it. a glove that day. Didn't need to. Wasn't it supposed to be Chloe's dad or something? I don't know. Yeah, was there were, that's what Questions? it was. Questions? Yeah, that yeah. was, yeah. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> I don't want to get... <laughs> I don't want to get stupid. <laughs> yeah, maybe cut this out. Uh, yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Sorry, OJ. Uh, we're back at it. See, every every time we get through a pod, we get super weird at the end. Thank you for tuning in. Part. If you're still here, if you made it through the podcast, I don't want to run a little test. If you made it through the podcast, tweet at us at, at John, or, uh, hashtag Johnny Depp, hashtag something, just to see, because we get really weird late. But thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. Again, thank you to Trevor McCarthy and his family for the time. And, and we know how busy everybody is. Thank you for joining us, sharing your insights. Joe, thanks for hooking it up. Yep. Can't wait to have Joe back on and Trevor back on. And I uh, can't wait to see if Karma, podcast Karma guest. Oh, yeah. Make it happen again. I'm sure it will. It's a hot streak. It's a hot streak. You got to bring one of these long shots up for us. Come on the podcast, get wins. You get wins. Yeah. You get wins. This is what it is. Next week. your career. Next week. (laughs) (laughs) Next week for the Belmont. Yeah, you struggling? (laughs) Get on the podcast. You get some wins. Yeah, Nicole Street, come on in. Check us out. Treat yourself. (laughs) Treat yourself. (laughs) 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 Stupid. Next week, Belmont. Let's get out of here. See ya.